Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries. We are thrilled to have you here tonight. And we are going to get started, and we love having you all here, and we're expecting a mighty night of celebration that our Lord Jesus Christ arose. He defeated death, he defeated Satan, and he is alive. And how many people can say their God is alive? Not everybody. So Lord, we just uh, want to open up with prayer, and then I'm going to uh, read some scriptures to us. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you're going to do tonight. We give you the praise and the glory. Lord, we, I love the month of March. I love the month that Easter is in. And Lord, we just ask that you would have everybody um, get their Bible, get their paper, get their pen. And Lord, may they be ready to say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. I need to know answers. I need answers to prayer. Lord, I need my wife's heart softened. I need my wife's heart to forgive and to forget. And may we all forget the past. May we all strive toward the future. Lord, I just pray that you will move the mountains that are in the wives' uh, battles that they are fighting and what they're going through. We are just asking you to touch every one of the spouses that are standers, and we are just asking that you would put the blood of Jesus, the hedge protection wall of fire around them each and every day. May you put the armor of God on every day, and may they know that you are going to be their husbands. You are our husbands for us, and we just thank you for that. Lord, I just ask that you would open every one of us to see your truths tonight as we read the word. May you hear what message you have for them. I may be saying one thing, and you may be speaking something else to them, and that is what we're asking for. Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, and we just ask that you would bless this night. May you be the teacher tonight, and may I be just the vessel. May your word that is alive and, and there's so much power in it, may you breathe it into us tonight and may we just get so on fire for how you can handle any circumstance that we will pray without ceasing morning, noon, and night and may we read the word daily and may we then know that you are with us, you'll never forget us and Lord, you will, says in the Bible, you will never forget your children. And we just ask that even though we've been rejected, abandoned, and um, betrayed, may we realize that you will never do that. And we are just, we serve an awesome, mighty God. And we just give you the praise and the glory for what tonight is going to become. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Well, we've got a good night for you tonight because 
I got to pick the music with Lori's help, and uh, she just changed one song, and it was the better song that I had already picked, so I really liked it. And uh, we've got music, and we've got plans of what we're going to do, and we have a gift for you. And I know you may not know, see it on there, but, well, Lori's going to talk about that, but I have some extra reading for you to do this month to prepare your hearts for Easter. We need to celebrate Easter regardless of the circumstances that you are facing this day, this week, or this month. Because the Lord wants us to keep our eyes on him. He says always to keep his eyes on him. And if we will keep our eyes on him and stop looking at the circumstances and listening to the negativity that our spouses are saying to us and the words that saying, I'm never coming home or I've got someone else or I'm getting married or I'm going to have a baby, whatever it is, we have got to come to the point that we are really going to say, I surrender my wife, my marriage, and I am going to serve you, Lord, with passion. And I am going to get on fire, and I am not going to give up on my marriage, but I'm not going to be blinded and deceived and defeated and discouraged by the enemy. And that's what happens to you guys. And we are just really praying and we had our monthly Monday, uh, Monday night Bible study uh, prayer meeting, actually, um, last Monday night. And we have just had answers to prayers already. And uh, we are just wanting you all. And I'm talking to the Periscope people. I'm talking to the people that are going to hear this next uh, two days from now or next month or next year. Believe in the power of your Lord God. Believe in the Holy Spirit. And if we can get that, we will not let the enemy destroy our faith. And that's where he wants to aim. He wants to aim at our faith, our hope, and our trust in the Lord. Okay, I've already taught, so I'm teaching part of my lesson right now. So, I am so happy, but I'm going to have you just write down two scriptures I'm going to open up with so you all will know what we're doing. And uh, it's Isaiah 60, verse 18. And this is just to give you some more beginning hope right now with the Word of God to say, okay, I'm not going to let all this get me. I'm not going to let the enemy just keep playing in my mind the game that he likes to do. The de enemy defeats us with our mind right between the two ears. He wants to tell us, to forget it. He wants us to, it's hopeless, and that's not what God says. Okay, Isaiah 60, verse 18 says, violence shall no longer be heard in your land. Amen. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. Praise the Lord. But, there's a but, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Well, while you, have you got salvation and praise going on in your house? Are you praying for the salvation of your entire family, extended family? And will you come and just turn your eyes around and are you praying for the salvation of all marriages? Are you praying for all rejoices marriages? 
we need to know that we need to have the believe in the power of salvation. Jesus Christ came to seek and save the lost. And we need to believe in the power of praising the Lord. And we're going to show you that tonight because I've, I've really put a lot of emphasis on praising the Lord. Your heart is going to be softened tonight and your spirit is going to be touched by you praising the Lord. And we have got, there are some of you that do not like to praise the Lord. Some of you have got, the enemy says, do not praise the Lord. Well, who is the enemy? Lucifer. Who is the enemy? Satan. And he does not want us praising the Lord because he was kicked out because he didn't want to worship God. Psalm 118, verses 19 and 20 says, Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them. I will praise the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. That is my prayer for you tonight. Tonight you are going to join and really feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and be able to feel good about praising the Lord. Praise. Do a study on praise. Praise defeats the enemy. And let's stand up and let's worship the King of Kings. the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory, the king above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place.
seated. Did you hear that? Till he returns or calls me home here in the power of who? Christ. Christ. I'll stand. Not in my power, not in the power of Rejoice Ministries or some other man or woman or pastor or anything. Here in the power of Christ. I'll stand. Well, that is good. I hope you enjoyed that song. I want to welcome you. Um, I think I've met those of you that are new, but um, if I did not, my name is Lori. I'm Bob and Charlene's daughter, and we are glad that you're here with us tonight. Um, It is a little chilly in here, but since we had a little warmer, you know, weather, we thought we'd bring back a little more winter, but they are working on the, uh, the coolness, so hopefully it'll warm up just in time for us to have coffee later. It'll, it'll warm up. Um, I just want to go through and see who has got a birthday or an anniversary in the month of March. All right. Okay, we'll start in the front this month, so right here. Easter, Sunday, birthday or anniversary? Anniversary, how many years? 
Seven years. Okay, great. Twenty-one years, March first. Happy anniversary! This. Oh, yes. Yes, twenty-three again. <laughs> Happy birthday! Was there anybody else on this side? Okay, and is there anybody on this side with a birthday or anniversary in March? It wasn't a big month to be born or have a wedding, huh? <laughs> Not like June, I guess. <laughs> Well, happy anniversary, ladies. Happy birthday to you. Um, our gift to you is an item from the bookstore. So on your way out, you can grab a CD or a book, and the rest of you have to pay for it. So <laughs> your month will come, but there's plenty of items back there. If you are looking for some encouragement, there's CDs, there's books um, that you can pop the CD in your car for your drive home and listen to it. Um, I also just wanted to um, ask you how many, we talked about it last month, but how many of you have gone on the Fight for Your Marriage podcast? It was formerly Stop Divorce Radio. Okay, listen to me, people. Listen to me. It's free, A, and it's there 24 hours a day, B. So you should go check out that resource. It's on the website. You will see it listed up there, and what it is, is it's a podcast. In Stop Divorce Radio, you used to just have to listen to whatever was fed to you. The benefit of this is that you can now choose. So go through the list of titles, pick which one you know sounds good to you, and you can listen to it and re-listen to it or whatever you want to do. So go use that resource. It is there, and it is a great resource. Um, does anybody have trouble with forgiveness? Well, yeah, Okay. <laughs> My mom mentioned it earlier, and I was just going to read something to you. This is a book that is great for women. It's Fervent, A Woman's Battle Plan for Serious, Specific, and Strategic Prayer by Priscilla Shire. And I've told you guys about this book before, but it's an, a wonderful book. Um, but let me just read this. Nobody needs to tell you how bad you're hurting from the injustices in your life. Can I get an amen? And I know. Even people who've suffered similar abuses or offenses as yours could never completely understand how your own rejections feel. Yours are personal and private and seemingly impossible to forgive. But forgive anyway. Not because it's easy, but because your enemy gets exactly what he wants from you otherwise. Did you hear that? When we have these built up, you know, unforgiveness in our heart towards our spouse or the other person or our children or whoever that we are harboring that against, you're hurting yourself. That's the only person you're hurting. Forgive anyway, not lightly and quickly, but ferociously and fervently, not only for the other person, but mostly for you, so you can be free and whole and complete. Do you, have, you know it doesn't make you feel good when you're carrying that around, that anger and that bitterness and that hostility. So you are forgiving so that you can have that freedom. And it, you know what? It kind of just gets to a point where it's like the devil can throw whatever he wants at you and it doesn't matter because it, it doesn't change the outcome. It doesn't change where you're at in that situation. I, um, people will write us and say, well, this happened or that happened, and how did your mom handle that? And my mom got to a point where when something bad would happen or an injustice, she would just say, okay, devil, like that's not going to stop me. I'm still going down this path. And that is a great place to get because then the enemy can't push all those buttons that, you know, can annoy you and tick you off because he knows what they are. He knows where to get you. That's where he comes after you. So anyhow, forgive. All right. 
Um, we're going to take a few minutes and pray. Um, and we all have a lot of burdens in this room, and I know that we could spend a lot of time just sharing details and stories, and we don't want to do that. But we want to just be praying for each other. And I'm going to ask you to get in a minute into groups of two or three people, men if you'll stay with men, women with women. If you're here as a couple, you can stay together. Um, and we just want to pray and lift up our burdens. Now, you're going to pray for yourself, which sounds a little selfish, but the point of that is so that those that are in your group will hear what your prayer requests are, and they can be praying for you, and so we can get to know each other better. All right? Um, if We'll just take just a couple minutes to do this, and so if you'll just get in a group of two or three, maybe four at the most, and we'll spend a few minutes just in prayer. All right? And there's a giant group of men in the back for you, Rusty. <laughs> They are yours to use. Take my feet. I will follow you. Fill my mouth. Give me words to pray. Break my heart with what brings you
we come to you now and as the room is filled with people lifting up prayers to you God I pray that you would just go before us tonight as we sit and listen to your word being presented God I pray for every man and woman in this room for every husband and wife that is represented by them and Lord I just pray that you would just strengthen the men and the women that are standing for restoration I pray that they would just have a um, tenacity and a boldness and a fervor to continue standing that they can't even explain where it came from. I pray for the husbands and the wives that are represented um, tonight, God, that are the prodigals and that have walked away from a family, maybe not even physically, but emotionally, they've walked away and they're not building their marriage anymore, Lord. And I just pray that even tonight that that spouse would just feel something and would feel you going after them, God. I pray that they would be flooded with memories of the past and of happier days and of times where the marriage was strong. And Lord, despite what happened in a marriage, we all have have ownership that we need to take of things. And I pray that you would just reveal to each person where we have failed in marriages and where we can improve and where we can go forward in our marriage so it can be just like you intended it to be. God, I pray that nobody in this room would become tired and would become weary and would give up on what they're doing. But I pray instead that daily that they would go to the cross to get their strength from you. And I pray that you would just fill them with strength, God, that you would give them the tenacity, whether they're waiting one day or one month or one year for their spouse. I pray that you would just fill them and you would carry them through this process and that they would know that that has come from you. The strength and the power is not from ourselves, but it can only come from you. God, I pray that you'd be with us the rest of the night tonight. I pray that our hearts would be open to hear what you have for us. I pray that the enemy would just not even be welcome in this room, God, that he would just be stopped at the door and that your spirit would overwhelm us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to just clear our minds from the distractions of work and things that are making us focus on other things right now, Lord. And I pray that we would just be open to hear from you tonight, God. Do something amazing in your your word in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you. As we finish um, praying, I am just going to ask you to join us and we're going to just sing another song. I also just want to remind you if this is your first time at Rejoice Pompano, um, when we're done tonight, if you can meet me at the round table over there just for a couple minutes and um, I will just go over some introductory things with you, but please join us in singing. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid, bearing 
I am so glad you clapped because we need to be clapping and praising the Lord for what he did. We need to shout victoriously. We need to understand the power that is in this word. We need to believe it. We need to read it. We need to memorize scriptures. Because when we do, God is going to give you, empower you to fight for your marriage and stand for your marriage. And before I even get into my teaching, I'm going to embarrass uh, two people, but we have a new, brand new member in Rejoice Ministries. And I have to have them come up and introduce their new addition to their family. Would you mind? Come. I haven't even announced it yet here at Rejoice. I have made no announcements. I've been waiting for this special day and prayed you would come tonight. So I've already got an answer to my prayers. Raquel, you look awesome. But Raquel and, and Michael have been standers. And oh my, oh my, look at this beautiful little baby. He looks, look at that hair. He's got your hair. Thank God. <laughs> you too. What a blessing. Oh, this is so beautiful. Okay, stand up here, Raquel, and tell him all of the details. I just happen to have a microphone. Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, so yeah, I was a stander back in 2012, like towards the end of 2012, and we got restored in 2013, so I've been standing for a couple years, um, so we've been restored for a couple years, praise the Lord. And you're and standing forever yes. like I'm standing forever. Yes, <laughs> standing forever, for sure. And, so. well, and then... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot the baby! <laughs> and then, so I gave birth. Um, he was born on January 30th. Um, so he's about five weeks old. 30th or 31st? 30th, honey. Oh. <laughs> okay, you're already wrong. You've already forgotten his birthday. No. 1.38 p.m. <laughs> oh, no wonder you have a problem with remembering 30s. Yes. So we are excited How about much? this new journey. How much does he weigh? Oh, he weighs 10 pounds now, but he weighed 7 pounds at birth. Okay. And mm -hmm. what else? How long? I'm a grandma. Oh. <laughs> Where, where's all your stats? Are we not interested? <laughs> how long what? How long was the labor? How no, no, how long was the baby? <laughs> oh, oh, he was 19 and a half inches long. A perfect size. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A perfect size. Yeah. We, we don't ask about labor because we oh, know okay. that's something you want to forget. So, uh, <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good experience. It was a home birth, so it was really, oh, really, really wow. nice. Mm -hmm. Wow, you did something. Well, yeah. we're thrilled. <laughs> we are you. thrilled. Daddy, Thank you. you've got a son to raise up to be a mighty man of God mighty man of God, and we're thrilled and excited, but anyway, we just had to introduce you guys to the new baby, who's going to be perfect, because he's here. <laughs> we're thrilled for you. We uh, praise the Lord for what God has done. Oh, you're welcome. I'm praying for you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I'm so proud of you. 
Now, we're not going to get Mike to share his testimony tonight, but we'll get Mike. Raquel just did her testimony just recently and did Mike's also. So uh, we're just going to let them do it together when they uh, had more time to plan and we had more time. But isn't that neat? We've got a baby in the house. We hear about babies that are born all everywhere else, but now we have one here, and that is really exciting. And we've had others, but this is the newest addition to the family of Rejoice, you know. So is that exciting? Okay, now, does that give you hope and encouragement? What's the word? Yes. A little louder and a little bit more encouraging. Boy, you guys are hard tonight. <laughs> All right, well, I just had to throw that into my uh, teaching because that's showing the power of God, that God can heal, he can resurrect, he can restore, and he can take impossible circumstances and turn them around to good. Nothing, nothing is too hard. I want you to believe for Resurrection Sunday. I want you to start preparing your hearts for Resurrection Sunday. And I want you to, when you go into any church or you go to multiple services, you go to Good uh, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter services, and cantatas, musicals. There's often musicals that churches put on. We want you to go Go to two or three church services and get filled up with the Holy Spirit with hope and encouragement and believing the power of God. Believing what he has accomplished is telling us that he will be with us through all circumstances. He wants us to believe that he, God created man and female and male was made first, and Adam was, born, uh, was created by God, and then he took Eve to be the helpmate and created her from the rib. We have got to believe that what he wrote in this Bible is the truth, only the truth, God's truth. And we want you to believe that when there's, Joseph had circumstances, Moses had circumstances. We, you can read the Bible, and there were circumstances. Paul had a lot of circumstances, and Paul talked about that. But he says he was ready to do whatever God wanted him to do, but he would rather be with the Lord, but he'd rather serve the people while he could. And he was in prison, but in prison, he was able to write a lot of books, so the books of the Bible. And so we want you to come to the point that you believe in the mighty God you serve. Because he can do anything. He can do anything. Even though your husband or your wife is saying the worst things, then we have got to believe that that's what the enemy is speaking to them between their ears. And we have to come to the point that we say, I believe, I believe. I choose to believe what you've spoken to me. I choose to believe all the signs you have given me. And I choose to believe what God's word says. 
And when God gives you a rhema word, then you want to stand on that promise. And you might have to speak it out every day and need to memorize it and need to have faith and hope and trust. Trust. You need to trust the Lord. And we, I talked about that to begin with. I'm going to talk about it now, and I'm going to talk about it at the end. Because if we don't trust God for all the circumstances that we are going to go through, then we're going to be swayed here to and fro and be double-minded, as in it talks in James. We don't want to be double-minded. I want all of you, and I had one that walked in late that just had a big argument with a spouse. And I want you to understand that you're going to try to zip your lips and going to try to listen and be calm. And while they're speaking, you're praying. And you're praying that the Lord is going to just remove the enemy from his mouth and from their mouth or from her mouth of saying, I've got a boyfriend and I'm planning on moving in and all that garbage that they say. And so we've got to remember that we cannot fall into a trap and believe the garbage that they are saying. Now, I use and I prayed all day today, if I'm supposed to say any stories, the Lord is going to give me a story. Guys, I've got a story to start out. You're not going to believe this. My kids don't know about it. So you're really going to have to hold on. But there is garbage everywhere. Do you not feel you have a lot of garbage that you get thrown at? Uh, and do I tell you, what do I say about garbage? Do not go digging into the garbage. Is that what I say? Okay, don't go into the garbage. Don't become FBI on the Facebook. Don't, isn't that what I say? Don't hire an FBI investigator. You know, don't hire a private detective. You know, you don't, all you have to do is ask God, and he'll tell you whatever you, he wants you to know. Anything else, you don't need to know. Well, I was invited out to dinner last night by my youngest grandson, and my granddaughter was going to go shopping with me afterwards. And so she was there, and it's my youngest son and his wife. And if you will uh, write on your paper there, put Doreen because she has been sick. If you go to our chapel page, um, we hope you do go to your, our chapel page. There's a lot of people that are, have family members and loved ones or, or people at their church they put on there that are sick. So we ask you to pray for them. Go there once a week. Go to our court page. Don't forget to pray that these divorces do not go through and they get delayed and denied and canceled, and they do. So let's do that. But last night, I went out for fun, and we went to Sweet Tomatoes, and I got to give them the plug because I mean, wait till you hear. Anyway, we had salads and, and ate, and, um, and my granddaughter, Samantha, um, wears um, a retainer. Uh, how many people have children that know what retainers are, or grandchildren know what retainers are? So she took out a retainer and she folded it in a nap and put it far away from any place and told dad what I'm doing. And that was the end of the story until she got through eating and went to reach for her retainer and it was not there. Now, do you know what that did to mom and dad? What's the word? Panic, because we don't want to buy another retainer. And so, uh, 
We are looking around and shaking every napkin and everything you can imagine, and it's not there. And I go, okay, Lord, we need another miracle. We need a miracle right here, right now. And I know you've done many miracles uh, for me, so we're going to start for one now. And so um, Samantha said, Dad, maybe it's under your feet or something. He looked down and he goes, I don't see any clean, I don't see any napkins. And so anyway, that was the way it ended. And I said, okay, there's no guard. The lady's already come and got all the plates. So let's, I'm going to go talk to the manager. And Tim, Tom says, Mom, don't worry about it. We'll just have to buy another one. Now, that just costs a waste of money to me. So I went to the manager, and I said, you know, bold Charlene, you know. I was so nice. I'm praying all the way up there. Please let him not yell at me or kick me out of here. Or well, I don't know what could he do for me. What could he do, Father? What is he going to do to help me? And so I'm, at, I'm praying all the way up there to get this. What are we going to do? And so we... Um, I went up there and I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I think we lost a retainer in a brown a napkin. And I was just wanting to know, can I go through the garbage to look for it? And he goes, if you want to do that, go ahead. And I said, okay, great. I'm going to go get my granddaughter. I'll be right back. So I said, Samantha, okay, we're going to go and do this together because I don't want to be there alone. And so go in twos, everybody. And so we went and they let me in the back and I won't tell you what I saw, but I saw garbage cans and a lot of garbage. And so I, we, this, I just, Samantha and I said, just keep looking for your thing. What does it look like? What color is it? And so she told me, and we were going through all of them. I am telling you, I went through the garbage last night. And I don't want you to ever do that because it stinks and it's not nice and it's really nothing you can use. And I guarantee you, I have always said this, I remembered it today and I thought, should I throw that story in? Nah, let's just leave it. Lord, if you want me to say it, you tell me. So then I use garbage. So anyway, I want to tell you, I am praying. And then a, re a gentleman of that empty gets all the cleans off the tables, comes in, he says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm looking for a retainer that's in a napkin, and we're having to find to see if it is going to be there. He goes, that's going to be very hard to find. And I said, yes, but God is on my side. And I said, and I believe God can do anything and nothing is too hard for God. And I said, do you want me to tell you a story? While we're talking, we're going through this garbage in this pan. And then he says, let's just pull it out. Let's put it on the floor. And I'm thinking, it was easier leaning over that than it was on the floor. So I got on my knees and I'm going through the garbage on the floor with him. And he's, then I said, you know, I went to New York City and spoke in, at a church in New York City many years ago when my husband was alive. And do you know, I left a white bag in the trunk of a cab. And you know what they said when I got at the airport and realized we didn't have this white bag. They said, you will never find it. 
You will never get it back from New York City. Nothing ever is returned from New York City. It gets taken from you at New York City, but you will not get it returned. I said, well, I, we had a great discussion with the cab driver who happened to be there. And he, we, he wanted to know what we were doing, and I got to share my testimony. And I said, and you know what? I tip well. And so I even tipped him because he told us about his story, and I gave him a little extra to help him out. And I said, so he's not going to forget me. And so I'm going to pray that this operator is really going to be very nice to me and let me talk to this guy somehow, some way. So Bob sat in the chair in the airport and said, honey, you're dreaming. You are never going to get that bag back. And I said, I have believed you. Everybody told me you're never coming back. <laughs> Everybody in the world said I, you were never coming back. I don't believe in those things. I believe if you just start praying and ask God to help you for any circumstance, any circumstance, are you getting it? That God can do it. I'm foolish enough to believe that's what the Word says. Nothing is impossible with God. He didn't clarify, comment, except for he added a list of 25 items so anyway, I called the operator. I got New York City uh, person on the line, and the operator said, he's, went, he's already gone home. He worked nights. I go, he went home? Could you call him at home? Could you wake him up and please ask him if he could look in the cab? Does that cab get touched again? And she goes, uh, if it's busy, it gets touched. If it isn't, it'll, he'll get it tonight. I said, oh, I pray that you're not busy today. And so I said, well, and she asked uh, her name. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry, God. But anyway, her name was very pretty. And I said, oh, you remind me of so-and-so. And I talked to her about it. She was the sweetest pie. She was the nicest lady, and I ended up sharing my testimony that I, that I believe God can restore this. And so anyways, it turned out, she goes, you know, I'm a believer, and I believe with you that this white bag is going to be found. Now, I want to tell you, that's not too probable in reality, but with God, nothing is impossible. I said, I agree with you. So I had somebody agree with me, and I sat, went, sat down, Bob, and I said, Bob, that bag is going to be found. Now, I'm told you, I'm telling you this story because the people many years ago have already read this story and because I wrote a devotional on it. How could you not write a devotional about something like the garbage I went through last night? So, I mean, you have to. I mean, if you get such good examples, you tell me your examples and I'll write about it. But anyway, I prayed, and I said, Lord, I'll let go, and I trust you, and I'll just wait upon you. Well, I want to tell you, we got a phone call from them two days later and said, they found the package in the trunk right where you said it was, and the gentleman remembered it, and he has packaged it up, and we packaged it up, and uh, it is on its way to Pompano Beach, Florida. And I am telling you, I, at that time, I said, Lord, I believe you care about these foolish little souvenirs that I bought in a white bag that would be for my grandkids. But he cared. He cared about me, and he believes that I am going to be foolish enough to share what he did to all these people around the world, to say, 
Believe God for everything. Don't believe him about your bills. Believe him about your, your teeth problems. Believe him for when you're sick. Believe him for your well and praise him when you're well. Believe for him to touch your spouse's heart and mind and give them a renewed mind. To, to, that we cleanse them from all of their impurities. Pray Psalm 51 with their name in it, where David had committed murder and, and adultery. Well, adultery and murder would have been better out order. But, but pray that prayer, because it says, cleanse me from all my iniquities. Create in me a pure heart. And then later it says, and then I will tell others about what God has done. I want to tell you the end of the story. We went, we're going to start to go through the second bag of garbage, and in comes my son, Tom. And he says, Mom, stop. We found it. And I go, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We went through every napkin, everything there was. I looked under the floor. Uh, Samantha looked under the floor. And Tom sat there and moved his feet, I thought. Well, anyway, it was on the floor underneath something. God put it there. I don't care how he did it. But how we found it, it was all underneath the floor. And I didn't have to go through any more garbage. But I went and got my purse, pulled out a $20 bill, and I walked right back into that kitchen. And I said to that man, remember that white bag? Remember how we went through garbage? And we, because I, the, both the husband and wife said, you know, we're just going to have to buy it. It's not the first one. It probably won't be the last one. And I said, oh, it'll be the last one. Uh, because I've got, I'm taking her shopping. I'm going to teach her, you know, just don't. What you did was good. Put it in your purse afterwards. Put it in your, put it in your pants. I don't care where you put it. Put it in your pockets. What have you lost? You have lost a spouse. Your spouse has been taken captive. And the Lord says, do not give up. You can go through all these bags of garbage, and it still may not be there, and you're going to get filthy. But if you trust God, suddenly it will appear. Suddenly it will appear where you don't even expect them to walk in the door, when you don't expect to get a phone call, when you don't expect to have them want to come over for the weekend, when you do not know what God can do, but don't limit God. Be open, be bold, and serve the Lord and, and speak about your Lord Jesus Christ to others. That man said he was a believer. Now, I don't know if he was or not, but he said, I believe, I, I, I agree with you. Well, he's going through the garbage, and I'm thinking, I wonder how many people make him do that in this employment. But he also has to remember that a believer is not cheap, and they're not, they're, they are, they're willing to give. And we are, we are supposed to give. We are supposed to give to the Lord. 
We're supposed to tithe as a church. We're supposed to give offerings. We're supposed to love and help the church when they need help. We are to be the example of what Jesus Christ started when he built a church. He, he took his disciples everywhere. Now, I'm going to get back to my teaching, but will you give praise of what God did last night for me? Because what he's going to do last night for me, he's going to do it for you today. Amen. He has me go through experiences because he's foolish and he thinks I'm foolish enough to share it with you so he gets the glory and honor. Lord, resurrect my marriage. That was my cry, morning, noon, and night, with tears, and I shared and believed and told everybody that Bob was coming home, including tw uh, about 10 or 12 doctors that I worked for. And I want to tell you, they heard the badness of Bob, and then they heard the craziness of Charlene divorcing him because I had um, people say to do it, and then God spoke to me at a church service. You notice I keep mentioning church. You need to be attending church. You need to go. You need to be fed. You let be, the shepherd needs to feed you. Okay? And we, they may not understand what you're doing, but they're going to tell them that you're believing for a miracle and marriage restoration. And that you want them to pray with you in agreement because God created marriage, man and woman, for life until death to us part. So as in Luke 1, nothing is impossible with God. I, if you don't have a scripture that God's given you, it's in Luke 1.37. May I have you suggest you memorize that because that will help you in times of when you're going through a different, difficult time. Now, let me take you back right before Jesus went into ministry. Because John the Baptist in John chapter 1 was telling the crowds that he was not the Christ. He says, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. He who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. John was the forerunner proclaiming to everyone to repent and turn from their sinful ways. That is a word you want to use frequently in your prayer time, to pray that the Lord will have your husband or wife or rebellious young adult child or a teenager who is on drugs or alcohol or is addicted. Oh, how many do we have? that are needing prayer that we know are in trouble. Too many, too many, too many even run away from home. So Lord, we want you to go after them and we want you to speak the word repent, turn from your ways, go home, and we want them. But that was, that was John the Baptist's word. And then the Lord came, it says, one very special day in John's life, he then saw Jesus from the distance walking toward him. And he said, look, there's the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sin of the world. And that is what we have to believe. Jesus is to take the sins of the, of the world away from us. Now, I want to tell you, I went to dinner one time just uh, very recently, but not that recent, so you don't know who I'm talking about. And they wanted to talk to me because they had fallen into sin. They fell into the trap. They fell into the temptation. And the, the Eve was an Adam, and, and it was just, what could have caused that to happen? Well, because, because you opened the door. And I am telling you tonight, do not become so wounded and so hurt that you do not put, up the arm, put on the armor of God. Put on the hedge of protection, the blood of Jesus over you. Be, read the word of God. Read one psalm. Read it on your phone. Read it in a Bible. Read a devotional. I am telling you, God is so faithful in bringing husbands and wives back, bringing them back to us. And that is what, she came back. She came back because she knew it was wrong. She had Holy Spirit conviction. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, right from wrong. And the Holy Spirit is going to be your person to, to speak to you morning, noon, and night. And I'm going to go on about that in just a minute. But John tells his testimony in John 1.32, and it's just a few verses. It says, I saw the Spirit, because why Jesus was walking to him, do you remember? He was walking to him for him to baptize him. And John did not want to do that. He felt unworthy. But Jesus said, you must. And he said... And after he baptized him, this is his testimony. He says in verse 32, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he sent me to baptize him with water to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. And that is my point. You know what? The Son of God. John, Bap John the Baptist proclaimed to the ones that were around him, this is the Son of God. He saw it. And we have got to come to the point that we believe Jesus Christ is our Lord, our Savior, He's and there's of books that you can buy, and, and you can even go Google on the webpage, on the website, and all the other Google ones that there are now. But all you have to do is put names of God, names of Jesus, names of the Holy Spirit. But there are so many names of a God that we need to know who he is. He's our defender. He's our advocate. He is our deliverer. He's our redeemer. He's our refuge. He's our fortress. And we have got to come to the point that we believe that the Son of God can do anything. And he was willing, as you saw, 
on that little video that I had that he was willing to come down to earth to seek and save the lost. And that is your spouse. That was my husband. That is your children. And we want you to understand that when God loved us so much that he's willing to send his one and only son, then can we doubt that he wants to seek and save you first and then your spouse and your entire family and then your mom and dad and your aunts and your cousins and your brothers and your sisters? But we have to be a witness. We have to proclaim. We have to share the love of God. We have to do it in a gentle way, a loving way, and do it by going through maybe over, go over to their house and help them with uh, cleaning the house or help them put up a fence or uh, invite them over to your house for dinner. What is a way that we can radiate love to our lost loved ones or to our lost neighbors? What can we do for our neighbors who do not go to church? In fact, I have a lot of neighbors that their cars are sitting there on a Sunday morning and uh, they didn't go to church on Saturday night, I know that part. Uh, but I just wanted to cover my base because I wanted to, uh, want you to know there are churches on Saturday night. Our church has one service on Saturday night. But I want you to know we have to radiate the love of Jesus. And are we? You can do it. You cannot criticize and condemn and be a gossip about your marriage and say how bad your marriage is and how bad your spouse is, telling them how bad and what they've done to you, but instead say they've been deceived, they've been blinded, they've been taken captive by the enemy. They may not understand that, but they could say by the world, they'd understand that. There's the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And the world is just screaming to, for drugs or, or um, the, the internet is really screaming for pornography. So we want you to say, proclaim what you're doing. That standing and praying for your marriage and for when you just, there's many of you that are not, you've got your spouse home. That is a praise. That is a praise that their spouse is home and they're will, you're working on your marriage because they're talking about leaving. They haven't left. There's strife, there's anger going on, and they're saying the word D, the divorce word. But you know what? That doesn't mean they're going to leave. If you start praying and fasting and believing for God to restore and heal your marriage, we have many marriages that you've read about in the Saturday Testimonies that are, that are being restored even while they're home. Don't give up. Don't give up even when you're, you've hung up that phone and you've gotten divorced. Don't give up. And when they start calling you and telling you how bad you are, remember who is speaking. It is not them. They're blinded and they're deceived. That is just the enemy using their mouth. And we've got to believe that. If we can believe and not fall into the trap of believing it's them, it's them, it's the flesh and blood, Ephesians 6 says it's not. So anyway, I just want you to know that believe that tonight, the one word I want you to do is believe in the Son of God. Believe in the power of God. Believe that he paid the price. He shed his blood on that cross. He died on Calvary. And remember, the garden. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he took three friends. 
And I just want, as we think about, I'm jumping ahead and I got to retrieve it, but I want you to know, what disciple are you? What is your name? Are you um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Are you, um, are you, or could you be identified as Judas? See, we've got to remember that Jesus Christ died and he was buried and they sealed it and they did everything. The government did everything that they could to not to have him arise, arose. They, didn't, they knew that he was saying he was going to. <coughs> but God just waited three days, and there, the, it, was, it was gone. The stone was removed. And where Mary Magdalene went to prepare the body, gone. So she went back and told the disciples, and then they went. And they, they didn't really believe until they went in the room, into that cave, and see that he is really gone. See, God de defeated Jesus' death and Satan by all the Satan's tricks and schemes and all the, the, all the plans that they have had by proclaiming the gospel of his Lord Jesus Christ. Satan is still trying to win the battle, but God has won it. We got to go read in, in Revelation. If you want to see a story on victory, read the book of Revelation. But this month, may I, we've got three weeks before Easter. May I strongly suggest you read the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And start with John, and you will see all about the... Um, resurrection, and all what comes before it. And we want you to know that in the writers in the New Testament, they shared what they learned from Jesus. They were a sponge for three years. They thought they were going to have him forever. They didn't know. They didn't have any idea that he would uh, be crucified. We have Dr. Luke. We have the book of Acts, where uh, Luke tells about the church's beginning. John, who was at the cross, Jesus told him to take care of Mary, his mother. We have Paul, who wrote so many books in the Testament, but there was Peter. And can you remember Peter? Now, I'm not reading all the different scriptures tonight because I want you to go home and read it. I want you to remember it. Now, how many times do we, do we remember that Peter denied his Lord. One, two, three. Three times. How many times have we denied the Lord? How many times have we denied his power? How many times have we been silent when people were talking about their faith and we did not say, I'm a believer. I believe Jesus Christ died up for my sins. How many times do we just be silent instead of speaking the truth? I'm asking you that because I, I really can't criticize Peter because he was one of us. We had that fear that he was going to get killed 
and that fear that we were not going to be safe, all of a sudden, we just zip our lips at the wrong times. And I'm, I'm asking you to pray for Holy Spirit boldness that the Lord will encourage you to speak about your Lord and not be ashamed or hide your faith because we want to radiate the, the, what we do. There's so many churches, there's so many ministries out there now that are building houses or fixing yards up or painting houses for widows or single parents. And we need that so desperately. You know that. I, how many times do you and I talk about that to go to your church and see if they can help you? We want them to help you through this crisis. But we also want you to not deny the Lord and ask God to provide for you. You've also seen God provide supernaturally way, way many things that you will not expect. That you get a refund check from something, someplace you didn't even expect to get it because you overpaid. You didn't know you overpaid. And God can do it. Nothing is too hard for him. So we're asking you to remember that Jesus gave us a very important lesson before he died on the cross. And let's go to John 14, verses 15. John 14. Now I'm going backwards before Jesus died because I want you to see how he was preparing his disciples to get ready. He kept telling them what was going to happen, but they did not have the ears to hear or understand. They couldn't comprehend this was going to happen. And John 15, 14, verse 15, it says, for my heading, for my Bible, it says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. And it talks about loving and obeying. It says, verse 13, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. And that's the spirit of truth. And I want tonight, I want to reemphasize, as we celebrate Easter, you've got a counselor, you have got the Holy Spirit living within you. And I'm telling you, there is no better person. You, you could walk with Jesus, but he can't be with every person at the same time. But the Holy Spirit now is with every person that is a believer in Jesus Christ. And we have got to believe that you have got to believe and talk and pray and allow, learn to hear the Holy Spirit talk to you. You know, open your, say, Lord, open my ears to hear your voice. And he will. I can remember when I was brand new standing and I was crying out and the Lord had I'd gone to the altar and uh, heard, heard about this woman praying and fasting for five years for her husband to come home, and I had done none of that, and the Holy Spirit said to me, I'd never, I, I was a believer, and I just had never fasted, never fasted. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry I didn't even think about that, you know? And, and, and so I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit will put you in a place to go to a church service thinking you're going to hear a pastor in the morning and you get a guest speaker, and that guest speaker changed my life. This couple changed my life because they heard, they shared what they did, what, how God spoke to her 
to not give up on her husband who was an alcoholic and a womanizer and abuser. And I said, okay, my husband was an alcoholic, so I'm, you know, he wasn't as bad as Bob. But what I want you to understand is God wants to transform. He wants to transform your heart and your life. When you accept Jesus Christ, you are transformed. You're a new creature in Christ. And from then on, you are going to grow in the Lord the rest of your life until he takes us home. You are never going to be plateau. If you're plateau as a Christian and you just do go to church and go back home and go to church and go back home, go join Bible studies, join some groups, join some ministries in your church, or go and... Uh, Go to the food kitchens and other places. But there is so many people needing volunteers and help. We need to know that the power of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is going to be able to help you stand strong. If you don't read the word, he's not going to be able to speak to you because the word, God, this is his love letter to you. And it said the, word cannot, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show him myself to you. And then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, remember that, not. But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? He says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. My Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father. And verse 25 is the secret, is of two verses that are important. All this have I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He's going to teach you. He is going to be your teacher. And that is what you've got to understand. You can... Have the Holy Spirit be teaching you at home morning, noon, and night, whenever. Get in the car. I love praying in the car. I turn on CDs in the car, but before I ever turn on a CD, I have the time with my Lord. And I mean, on the way over here, I'm praying, Lord, you know what's going to go on tonight. Prepare me. Help me to be, put the words you want me to teach in my mouth. So the Lord is with us all the time. So it says, but I've spoken while still with you. Um, let me see. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, not some things all, and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I know some of you are bleeding to death inside because of different circumstances. But the Lord is saying, lay your burden and let me carry it. Lay it at the cross. Give it to him. 
Let it go. Every day when you wake up with that burden, lay it there and say, Lord, I'm giving to you. I got to go to work. I have to think. I have to know what's going on. I can't worry about this today. And it says in, in uh, Matthew 6, we're not to worry anyway. In Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything. But it says, peace I give you. My question is, are you, do you have God's peace? Do you have the Lord's peace? The Holy Spirit wants you to have his peace. And he's willing to give it to you. And if you don't have it, ask him for it. He will give it to you. And then he doesn't want your heart to be troubled. So what I'm saying is, the Holy Spirit is your best friend. And that's one of his names. So we've got to do that. In one of my commentaries, it said, the counselor is identified here as the Holy Spirit. And I read this um, one um, devotional book, and it's Sparkling Gems from the Greek. And uh, Rick Renner said, the Greek word uh, allos, A-L-L-O-S, means emphatically that the Holy Spirit would be like Jesus in every way. Jesus wanted the disciples to know that the Holy Spirit was just like him. Following the Holy Spirit wouldn't be any different. And he was trying to, Jesus was trying to tell the disciples, I am going to be with you. It's just in a different way. So do not worry. He was trying to give them such confidence. And you know what? We've got that now. We, we have that. And so the, the, the disciples were scared without him. They were fearful. That's why they ran away when Jesus got taken captive uh, and arrested on the gar at the garden. What did they do? They scattered. They all left. That's when Peter denied him. It's when he was all, they all scattered and ran away. We, do we want to scatter? Do we want to run away from the problem? Do we want to run from our marriage problems? Or do we want to get like we are tonight, in unity, in agreement, and saying, we believe, God, that you can do anything. We believe you can bring life to a dead marriage. We know about it. We have thousands that have been restored. And we want to know that in John uh, 14, go back um, just to verse 9, in the same chapter I'm in, Jesus said, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe? There's the word, believe. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? It's the Father, the Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have to believe in the Trinity, in the three in one. And he says in verse 6, let me continue. Um, the words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am the in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. And then it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes, anyone who has faith in me, will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. I, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. 
you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So we want to know, I think at verse uh, 6 I skipped, but it says, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So we've got to believe that God is able. He is the way. He is the truth. We need to believe that. And are you personally excited about Easter? Do you get excited that this is another holiday I'm alone or that you are believing that your wife or husband just might go to church that day? They just might turn on the TV. They might turn on the radio and they've got a pastor preaching. We have got to believe that the Holy Spirit, do you know how many people go on Christmas and Easter? Many, many that never, never usually go. And that is what we want you to believe, that your husband or wife may go to a church service and it may be that be the time that the Holy Spirit touches them. It doesn't have to be a holiday. Bob came home on a Wednesday. It didn't have anything to do with, except the Holy Spirit conviction. That's what you're praying for. You're praying for the Holy Spirit to speak to them, morning, noon, and night. It's not about what you do and how many prayers you pray that day. But God does want us to pray. He does want us to seek his face. He does want us to read the word. But we are to do this regularly, regardless if we have marriage problems or not. Jesus Christ was willing to sacrifice his life and to be beaten to the point of death and then nailed on the cross with criminals. But what did he do? He showed love on the cross. He said to the one man that spoke to him, the criminal that spoke to him, to remember me when you get to your paradise. And you know what he said? You will be with me. You will be with me. And he, the criminal had not confessed or repented, but he knew his heart. He knew his heart. And he knew the other man's heart. And I want you to know he knows your heart. And we need to say, Lord, cleanse my heart. Take that hardness, that anger, that bitterness, the, all that junk that I have about my spouse, that anger that every day, one more day, they don't call me, one more day, they don't text me, they don't pay the bills or whatever. That what are they doing? What is the enemy doing that's pushing your buttons that you're getting angrier and angrier and madder and madder? Well, you know what? That's allowing the devil to just make you to be, block your prayers. We're to, we're, we want to be more like Jesus. We want to have the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, and self-control. We want to be, when they call us, we want to ooze the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. And we, we want to do that. So let's go, and um, we want to remember that Judas, why did Judas, why did Judas give up and betray Jesus? You know, you know he betrayed him greatly. He, he gave, got money. 
to sell for him to be arrested. And he knew he was going to get in trouble. He knew that there was different things. And I was reading many different commentaries, and one of them said is back in John 12, you can go back and just glance at it and read it later, but Jesus was anointed at Bethany, and, and it said that while Lazarus lived, and remember Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, remember that Jesus, he waited four days before Lazarus, before he went to go see Mary and Martha. He would, Lazarus died. His, his body was dead and it was stinking, as Mary and Martha said. Well, our marriage and your marriage, my marriage was dead. It was divorced, dead. Bob had someone else. He was planning on getting married. And he was not thinking of anything about me. And he thought, um, and I got to, I was, had just an opportunity to ask his girlfriend needed prayer. Uh, and I've told you the story, but she needed prayer, came to church with me, and I prayed for her children to have returned because her husband was mad at her because he was unfaithful, but she was unfaithful. And so he didn't want her to have anybody else. So the bottom line was you can be a lighthouse wherever you are. And Lazarus, even though he was dead, God brought him back to life again. And God got the glory. Jesus Christ got the glory. And I want you to look at these different Bible stories and read them and say, Lord, what is the lesson? What are you trying to teach me tonight? What am I supposed to learn? What you read last year will be different this year. And that's what we want you to, to know. We want to know because Judas was very mad when Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, I'm in verse 3, John 12, verse 3. Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor. See, he didn't care about the poor. Read these sentences and these scriptures slow. Don't read them so fast that you don't get the nuggets of gold out of it. He said this because he cared about the poor, didn't care, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Had you ever read that before and noticed that before? And so here he is. And he then goes and gets money and sells his Lord and gives them to them to be, for him to get arrested. And what the one commentary said was that that was the foothold where the, because if he was judging Mary and, and criticizing her, it's when the enemy was able to just put that anger, that bitterness, that self-righteousness into his heart, and that's where the enemy probably came in, and he just got so mad, he's going to get even, and, and gave up his Lord. But after he did do this, after he was crucified, and saw his Lord die, 
where the centurion said, truly he is the son of God, what happened? He hung himself and he, and he threw the money back into the temple because he said, I have, I have sinned. He knew he had done wrong. The Holy Spirit conviction, God spoke to him. So let's go to John 20. I love all the chapters in the Bible. All the, uh, I've read all the different readings the last couple of weeks on the, on the path of Jesus going to the cross. But there's two things that really stick to my mind. One is in the garden before he was arrested is the three men of his best friends. His best friends fell asleep. Let us not fall asleep for our best friends who need prayer. Let us not fall asleep that our friends who need us, we're not available. That's what I would say to you. We need to be best friends to many people in many different ways. And I'm, I ask you to ask the Lord, who do I need to be a best friend with? Is somebody having a difficult time? What can I do to help them? We need to remember that very strongly. And then we need to remember um, in John 20, where there's the empty tomb. And Peter and the other disciple looked in the tomb, and they ran, and I've talked about it. But let's go on to Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. And when he appeared and he revealed himself to her, he said, Mary, in verse 16, 20, verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm returning to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news and said, I've seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to these things to her. But you know what? They really didn't believe it. They had to go back and look in the cave. It, to, to believe it. Now, she was telling them what happened, but they didn't believe. They, they had to see it with their own eyes. Now, I'm not going to say anything of why that the men didn't believe her, but, you know, it was, she, I can imagine that what she must have been, ecstatic. So we want to be careful that we don't, accept the word and things that God is speaking to us is, or other people are giving us a word or a scripture to look at that we don't believe God's word. We don't believe our encouragers, our friends, our prayer partners. We don't believe uh, at church um, something. I can't imagine what it is. I didn't even think of that part. But, but Mary saw the Lord. And we want our family and friends and everybody to see the Lord. If they've said uh, the Lord spoke to them, don't, don't poo-pot, you know? But anyway, let's go on. Because that night, that evening, the first day of the week, verse 19, the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. See, they're afraid. Jesus has been taken. He has been arrested. He's been uh, flogged. He is now hung on the cross, and he's gone to the, he was buried and in a cave, and then he arose. 
they didn't, they were not celebrating that he arose yet because they really didn't comprehend what that meant. That actually means that he walked 40 days on the earth, exposing himself to over 500 people and doing so many miracles that the, the, one of the writers says, I cannot even tell you how many miracles he did. But we've got to believe that disciples are in trauma and we're in trauma with your marriage problems. We want you to say, Lord, speak to me. Open my eyes. Let me comprehend the word and speak to me, and I will believe what you're speaking to me. And then the disciples said, but the disciples in the, one of the other chapters in books, Doubting Thomas was not there. I call him Doubting Thomas because he said, I, I'm not going to believe you saw Jesus. I'm not going to believe. Jesus revealed himself right afterwards. And then, Daddy Thomas says, I'm not going to believe it. Unless I see him, unless I put my fingers, I'm not going to believe. Is the Lord speaking to you and you keep saying, I don't want to believe? What is the Lord telling you to do? Are you refusing to do it? So let me go on and let's read the end of our readings for tonight. And then Jesus said, verse 21, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and received the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, there he is, called Dynamis. One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails are and put them in my hand, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And through the although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Don't be faithless. Believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, because you've seen me, Thomas, you've believed. Blessed, and this is about you guys. Blessed, this is about every standard around the world. This is blessed for the people who are believing for miracles. And, and answered prayers. Blessed are those who have not seen, but yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe, circle believe, verse 31, that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life eternal life in his name. You can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can have eternal life. What a blessing. You know, he's coming back. He's coming again. That's what it's all about. But we want our whole family ready to meet the Lord with us. So that is my ending. That's my conclusion. Because we have family members that have gone astray. We have loved ones who have have gone astray, that we're believers. We have family members that are not believers. We have oodles of people at work that don't know the Lord, but should we pray for them? 
Let's be, uh, we don't have to hit them over the head with anything. Pray for them. Go up and down the, the offices and, the, and anybody and just pray for them. God will do the rest. The Holy Spirit will do it. And if they know you're a believer, sooner or later they're going to have a crisis. And guess what? They may come to you and say, will you pray for me? Or you can just say to them, I'm going to pray for you. And then God will do the rest. Dear Stander, I want this to be a month of celebration with you saying, I am not going to go back. I, I pray for hearts and lives that have doubted, that are listening on this recording, that you, the ones that are doubting and just have given up. We, we get a letter a week or an email a week of saying, I give up. I can't do it. You're not supposed to do it. You're supposed to allow the Holy Spirit to empower you to do it. You are supposed to go on and serve the Lord with gladness. Radiate the Lord Jesus Christ. Be different. And we have that choice each and every day. We can allow the enemy to speak lies to us, or we can say, I choose to believe. I am not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. I was married for life. I, I, I said my marriage vows. Now I'm going to keep my vow with my God until the Lord comes back and gets me or I go with him. I told Bob, the Lord had this foolish statement come out of my mouth. I don't even know why I said it at the time it happened. But he said, well, you know what? I'm getting married and I'm never coming back. And I said, okay, second, third, fourth marriage. It doesn't matter. I'll be sitting in the rocking chair till I'm 80. And I said that to my husband. And I meant it. Because I didn't want another man's problems. I already had his. And, <laughs> and reaping the results with children. Amen. Do we want to go through again? So we just wanted to understand that I made a commitment, and my mother and father were blessed enough to say word covenant, and I got it, and we've got to understand, we've, we want to make marriages work, and God died on the cross for all of us. The greatest part is we've all made mistakes, and he's there to be with you if you made some mistakes, and he forgives us for our mistakes. Jesus, there is no mistake that is too big for our Lord Jesus Christ to forgive. Do you believe that? Amen. Okay. Just want to make sure we all know who we serve. So we are just going to close a different way tonight a little bit. We're going to praise the Lord one more time. Because I want you, I know, I know there are some of you having rough times with your husbands and wives. And I know that you have, um, some of you have trouble with kids and they're really battling and, and not believing. I know you have a lot of family members and loved ones who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know where you are. But I do know that we serve a risen Savior. He's alive and he's well and he's given us the Holy Spirit to live within us. And he is wanting you to say, let me be a witness and a lighthouse in my church and wherever I go, at work, at play, wherever, and be a lighthouse here. You have a message about salvation, 
but you also have a powerful message about marriage restoration. And it needs to be proclaimed. It needs to be spoken in love to people that, that want to hear the truth. We need to do it lovingly. Don't condemn, but lovingly. And just give them a card. That's all you do. And let God speak to them the rest of the way. And tell them you'll be praying for them. So we're going to sing one more song before we go into our, our circle. And uh, not circle, but we're going to stand up and pray, and then we'll pray. Um, we do popcorn prayers. There's new people here tonight. We do popcorn prayers while you're, where you're standing right here and speak loudly when you pray because we're going to have everybody here. But speak, for, if you have a most urgent need, uh, pray it, and we'll pray in agreement. But if you don't, you don't have to pray. Um, we can't have y'all pray. I mean, God's not going to tell y'all to pray because, or pray, and pray short, one or two sentences, not long. Okay, we won't. We don't have. We have to get out of here, and you have to get home. But I want to pray for us now, and I want to pray for your spouses, and I want us to believe that this is a powerful month for us to pray, recommit our hearts and lives as the Lord does expose what's wrong with us and our, any sin in our lives. I've been doing that for a couple of weeks, and he's been glad to show me a couple of my bad habits and, and other things that I need to do. So, if, you know, I, I've got to have a workover. You can have a workover with me. But at least I got, I go, I'm willing to go through garbage to get whatever it takes to find the lost. <laughs> And we're just going to pray. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for every person that you have brought in these doors because every one of them is a gift from you, is a gift created. You created them, and you, they are chosen. They were made special for a plan and a purpose at an appointed time. Oh, Lord God, we, we hate divorce. We hate all the fighting and the strife and the anger, and we pray you would put love unconditional love and reignite the agape and eros love back into our marriages. Oh, Lord, I just praise you and thank you that you will take the eros and the agape love and put it into every one of our standards around the world. And we just ask that you would uh, move the mountains of circumstances coming against them. We ask that you would have them be able to turn the other cheek, go the extra mile for their spouse at that time, and that to think before they say no or yes. And Lord, we're just praying that this holiday season, as we prepare to, to celebrate your resurrection, that you will examine our hearts and reveal any hidden sins or secret sins or any bad habits that we have. Lord, help us transform us, renew our minds, and take captive our thoughts to be obedient to Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, may you make us to be all that you want us to be. May we radiate. May we have the countenance of the Lord on our faces. And Lord, if we're battling depression or oppression or spirit of heaviness, May you just loose on them the garment of praise and the oil of joy and gladness. Father God, we bind against the spirit of adultery and, and the spirit of pornography and the spirit of lying, seducing, deceiving spirits. Lord God, we are asking you to loose on all of our family members and, and all the lost loved ones the spirit of truth, and the truth shall set them free. And we just pray that you will just... 
teach each of us to be better um, believers and Christians and, and better friends and moms and dads, brothers and sisters. Help us to be a better father and a better mother. Oh, Lord, there's nothing more important right now is that even though we're separated or even maybe we're divorced, may our children never feel separation, abandonment, or isolation from their father, their mother, and may we keep knocking, keep texting, keep sending cards until our kids, regardless of what age they are, that they never know that they feel, they know that they were divorced, that it's their fault, or that they have to pick one parent instead of two parents. Father God, I pray we will constantly, over and over and over again, call our kids and help them with their homework, over the phone, whatever needs to be done. Father God, restore the relationships of the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers and mothers. Father God, that is the biggest deceiver that Satan has done to our divorces, is that he has literally taken the father or the mother and the ones that's left has left the children or they've taken the mother or father has taken the children and they've gone and they don't even know where they are. Father God, restore the family even though they're divorced at this moment. Bring the kids back to both the parents that they can both be a mother and father. Lord, we know you know every detail of the, the badness of divorce. But Lord, we ask that you would restore, rebuild, reignite love, uh, Love and rebuild marriages by the counselors and pastors and leaders in the church, and may they be our, our cheering team. May they be our cheerleaders for our standards as they know that they're praying for God to do a miracle and bringing their husband and wife to the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Now, let's stand up, let's sing the song. In this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe We believe in God the Father We believe in Jesus Christ We believe in the Holy Spirit And He's given us new life We believe in the crucifixion We believe that He conquered death We believe in the resurrection And He's coming back again We believe so let our faith be more than anthems Greater than the songs we sing And in our weakness and temptations We believe
the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.